This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I remember when Rock was young, me and Susie had so much fun. Holding hands and skimming stones, have an old growth shed and a place of my own, but the biggest kick I ever got. Not bad at all. One of the contestants now officially entered to win Elton John tickets. All you need to do is what Bonnie just did there. Give us a call on the buzz line. Give us the best Elton John cover you've got. And you will be entered to win tickets. He is coming to BC Place October 2022. Let's check in with Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you, Vaughn. Good morning, Joe. And I assure you and the listener that I will not be singing. <laughs> Aw, I was kind of hoping morning, you might. But I, I do have an Elton John thing to say because uh, the last time Elton John visited, I was telling a younger colleague, and of course they're all younger than me, about the first time I saw him, and I realized with horror in mid-anecdote that it was before she was born. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> 50 years ago? I mean, this guy has been a workhorse on the music scene for a long, long time. p and Agrodome, April 1971, and a terrific show. Uh, Porky Pig t-shirt. In those days, uh, Sir Elton, who wasn't Sir Elton yet, uh, was just traveling with a bass player and a drummer. He didn't need a string section. He didn't need backup musicians of any kind. It was just him and the piano, bass and drums, and just a fantastic show. So, And 50 years ago, man, that guy is, uh, wow. well, what, it's 2022, right? He'll be, like, almost as old as me by the time he comes <laughs> here next. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of lead time until this concert, so... Yes, well, October it, 2022. It's amazing what I think is going to happen. You know, I used to be a music critic. It's mm-hmm. it, just reading the, you know, the rumblings out there. It is really interesting what's going to happen in the music scene because if you think the tourist resorts are going to be crowded, the number of music artists who are sitting out there planning, you know, that bucket list tour that they've always been meaning to do to lock up their retirement funds, uh, the music scene is going to be crowded starting next year. It is indeed. A lot of people looking forward to that. Uh, 1971. What a show. All right, let's uh, talk about some Yeah, you politi- weren't born then either, I, were I you, I wasn't going to tell you that, Vaughn. <laughs> I didn't want to make you feel any worse, but no, I wasn't. I know Gordon McDonald was born then, <laughs> although he was probably in elementary school. <laughs> yes, but, oh, well, you, you have a memory that the rest of us don't. We'll look at it that way. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's talk. Not as much fun. The Liberal leadership race in this province. Another candidate. Yeah, so the Liberals aren't getting an awful lot of attention at the moment. Not surprising. We're probably kind of distracted by things, but the, the field is, is filling up. We've got, what, five declared candidates now for the next leader of the B.C. Liberal Party. The latest uh, political, complete political newcomer, Val Litwin, um, former CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, 
and has not run for office or been elected before, not not for public office anyway, but uh, jumped in yesterday, and like a lot of them, uh, a launch on social media. Let's see, what's he saying? He's uh, going to uh, hotwire the B.C. economy. Uh, the Liberals are the ones to do that. Uh, and the other thing is a real turn-the-page message for B.C. Liberals. You know, there's a, the opening statement has a shot at the party. Uh, any political brand that fails to place people at the heart of what they do is no longer electable. I took that as a shot. It's uh, turn-the-page time for the Liberals, and he says he's the person to do it. Hmm. And are we really talking about the HST again? <laughs> well, you know... The Liberals may be struggling to get attention and uh, getting their, their act together still, and they are, but uh, one group in the province that is on the ball is NDP Caucus Research, and they very quickly, the party, put out a press release welcoming Val Litwin to the race by attacking him. And they pointed out that he was uh, a longtime advocate of value-added Sales taxes, which is code, of course, for the famous harmonized sales tax, and they're saying, well, he's entering the race with an old idea. I think it's a pretty good guess that we are not going to hear whoever wins the liberal leadership race much talk about bringing back the HST other than from the NDP, which, of course, <laughs> will bring it up from time to time. And all of this happening, do we expect there'll be more candidates? Because when is the vote? Next February? Yeah, the vote is next February, and the reason they're all jumping in now is not because they expect to uh, get an awful lot of public attention, but they have to get going on signing up members and developing their presence on social media. So that's what's going on. There's, there is uh, still expected to be one more candidate, Renee Merrifield, the MLA for Kelowna, first term. Uh, she's... I think the Liberals would, would like her to run, if nothing else, so there'd be one woman in a, in a race dominated by guys at the moment. But, uh, you know, I, the, the race, everybody who looks at it goes well. Former Cabinet Minister Kevin Falcon is the front runner, and he'll be, he'll be the first to tell you that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are other candidates. Uh, Ellis Ross is an MLA, and uh, Michael Lee, an MLA, Gavin Dew. Uh, now Litwin and others, uh, at least one more expected. Um, the thing about the dynamic in the race and really the only question mark at the moment about Falcon is he's the candidate who is toting the most baggage from the past. He's most associated with the, he was a minister in the Gordon Campbell government, briefly in the Christie Clark government. So, uh, and yes, uh, one of the fathers of the HST, he will not be the first to tell you that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to turn out to be the dynamic is, do the liberals want to really turn the page by picking somebody who like uh, Lee or Do or Litwin or Ross, who's not carrying an awful lot of baggage from the past, or do they really want to? Uh, do they want to, you know, pick somebody with a lot of experience, which Falcon has, uh, with a good organization, which he has, and he's already uh, getting a lot of endorsements. You may have noticed that. Uh, Todd Stone, who was a candidate for the leadership the last time the Liberals had a leadership, the one that was won by Andrew Wilkinson, uh, Stone is not running this time, but he's already endorsed Falcon. Hmm, interesting. We'll keep watching to see what happens there. Uh, very quickly, you also wanted to mention uh, BC Ferries. 
Yeah, BC Ferries put out its financial statements, uh, and you know they're very, uh, very happy to say that they actually made money uh, in the year ending March 31st. It was touch and go for a while. I think at one point they told us they were losing like a million bucks a week. Uh, traffic was down. Passengers 40% last year. Uh, vehicles. 24% last year. An awful lot of the travel on the ferries last year was people who had to go back and forth between the island and mainland. We're still very, very dependent here in Victoria on shipments of goods from the mainland, so that was continuing. But uh, tourism way down, especially from the United States for obvious reasons. So how did they manage to break even or do a little bit better than break even? Well, the answer is a government bailout, the, uh, the, that restart program that the federal and provincial government put together. Jill, uh, $300 million to the ferries, and that's on top of the ferries' annual subsidy from the provincial government, which is $230 million. So half a billion dollars from other governments, thanks very much. And as a result, the ferries actually made money last year. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's leave it there, Vaughn. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Joe.